the difference is that you know Prosha, you had to really understand finance mm-hmm. to kind of read mm-hmm. it, and and I thought, okay, so let me just just go a little a bit more mainstream, and and so I I changed it. I also didn't want it to be about me because yeah, yeah we we'll go there. It sounded like it was my, a blog. I so never lay claim. Mm, it's like ah, it goes things. <laughs> so like no, no, no. So and I also wanted it to capture. Um, finance a lot more and money and you know so when you hear naira you know it's, sure, it's got to do with sure. money and all that and so that's that's basically the story of how naira metrics nice, started yeah nice, just like that nice. and so welcome to the experience pod where we focus on emerging technologies trends and their impact on nigerian africans business landscape my name is ada Erekefe, associate director and head of disruption at pwc nigeria so data, they say, is the new oil. I mean, we've heard this catchphrase over and over again. It, however, highlights the emphasis and the importance of data in today's world. According to IDC, a market intelligence company, the global data sphere is predicted to be about 175 zettabytes by 2025. So to put that into perspective, if this amount of data is put into a one gig USB drive and lined up end to end, it would make a line that stretches across 16.1 billion football fields. There's clearly a wealth of data available in the world today. But how are organizations in Nigeria and across Africa making the most of it? So among the vast the types of data readily available to be mined. Finance data is considered to be one of the most complex and difficult data set to understand. And as such, it isn't maximized as well as it should, particularly in a country like Nigeria with low financial literacy levels. Thankfully, Naira Metrics has been on a mission to change the outlook of this space by providing real-time, simplified updates impacting the financial, business, and socioeconomic landscape. To add insights to this conversation, I'm joined by the CEO of Naira Metrics and Nairalytics, Mr. Ugo Obichuku. It's wonderful to have you here live and direct at the Experience Center. Welcome. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Great. So let's start with some background for those who may not be familiar with uh, with you. I may not know. I don't think there's anyone that, knows, <laughs> that doesn't know of Naira Metrics. Uh, but what's your story? What inspired the creation of Naira Metrics? Hmm. Interesting. Um, so first of all, my background, um, I am a chartered accountant and, um, a financial analyst as well. I've been into strategy, chain management, um, financial analysis. Uh, so that started, uh, about seven years ago, I think. Um, but before then, um, I think about 2007, eight, after the stock market crash, mm. I, you know, shortly before then I, I, you know, put 
me and some friends came together and I sort of brought them together and then we formed an investment club and I was the president of that investment club. I think that was like 2006, five, six or so. And of course we put in a sizable amount of our salaries in, into stocks and you know, reading a lot of, a lot of Warren Buffett style, you know, articles and how we invest and how, you know, he preaches hold for long term and don't even come back looking at the prices, yeah. just keep investing. And but I mean, in a way, that was also how some of our parents invested at True. the time. True. And um, and then in 2007-8, we had that really, you know, very high boom. I don't think we ever got into that level, you know, since then. And uh, and then of course the crash mm. happened uh, in 2008, and until today we never have recovered mm. our That's funds. <laughs> yeah. So you know, at that time, I, I mean, it was very it was a very painful experience. And I started probing to find out why why that happened, and and I kind of realized um, we all got it wrong. I think investor education was really poor. Mm. Uh, there wasn't a lot of websites, you know, that you could go to and you know read and understand how to invest mm -hmm. in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. I mean, so a lot of the things that we had out there was mostly around um, in investing in maybe U.S. stock market sure. or, or UK different or wherever. Environment. Exact different mm -hmm. environments um you know different considerations and and different rules and laws and applications and so it was completely different and different companies as well you know so um and at that time i, I started reading up a lot and and doing my research there wasn't a lot about investing in nigeria i mean so most of what you found then were in magazines and and that was just the start of you know Blogspot. I don't know if you remember Blogspot and, and all that. So, and then I, I decided, okay, you know what? I was just going to write a lot of things that I, mm -hmm. that I was reading. Start open a, a journal and started writing. Um, I think it was called the Goodread.blogspot <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Does it still exist? <laughs> yeah, no, 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 he doesn't. He doesn't. So, yeah. so he was started there and I was putting a lot of my stuff. And, yeah. and then one day, I think I was in Dubai, <clears throat> a holiday with my family. So maybe it was like 2012 or something. Never told the story before though. And I got a call from a friend and he was like, he just kept calling me and you know, when you're abroad, you don't pick up calls like that. And there was no WhatsApp then. Yeah. So I kind of picked up the call and then he's like, ah, I'm train on, on, on Ireland. I was like, what's going on there? It's like, ah, there's something here. So I guess someone picked up one of my stuff and put it up there. And and I said, oh, okay, well, people really do read this hmm. read these things. And and then from there, I changed the name to Ugo Metrics. <laughs> And you wanted to hold on to not really <laughs> so I, I read i read the book at that time um i think it was called freakonomics and uh, i don't know if you know of stephen dobner and yeah. stephen levitt yeah so those, those you know great great guys and they had this podcast that i really mm -hmm. listened to a lot then and and i liked their their the style you know their style it was mostly behavioral economics and all that stuff so i kind of thought finance should be that way as well you know very behavioral and and not very wonkish because mm -hmm. i thought that at the end of the day everybody does finance one way or the other yeah. right so but you don't have to make it look very wonkish and, mm -hmm. and so i said okay so economics sounded very cliche so it's like maybe you go metrics and i because i always wanted to break down break down things and and so and it started and i, and I, I think i blogged as a metrics for a while till about 2013 or so for about three years before i then decided you know you know what maybe let's just let's you go know, cool 
let's turn this into a, into a company. And uh, I think there, there was only about one other company, one other website that I really mm. like, like and I still like to now, that was doing, um, you know, something close to what I what I thought Nigeria mm. needed. Uh, I think it was ProShare at the time. Yeah, so a lot of us used to read ProShare stuff, but. The difference is that you know, ProShare, you had to really understand finance mm-hmm. to kind of read mm-hmm. it, and and I thought, okay, so let me just go a little a bit more mainstream, and and so I I changed it. I also didn't want it to be about me because yeah, yeah Ugo there it sounded like it was my, a blog. I so never lay claim. Mm, it's like ah, it goes things. <laughs> like no, no, no. So and I also wanted to capture um, finance a lot more and money, and you know, so when you hear Naira, you know, it's, sure. it's got to do with. Sure and all that and so that's that's basically the story of how Niametric nice. started yeah nice. just like that and and um since then it's been it's been a lot of work um um it's grown um we have over 30 employees we have over a dozen in-house analysts we don't we don't call our writers a journalist mm-hmm. because um, we kind of think you gotta you know for you to be an analyst then it's a space that you fully understand sure. Yeah, so you can you basically have to be very free thinking and exactly. open minded. Yeah. Exactly, and mm. and you got to be able to explain the Absolutely. news a lot more. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. and we have probably a dozen more freelance who, okay. who from all over the world are just incredible people who mm. just uh, have a passion for writing, but probably not um, what it's not something that can you know fend for you, but sure. you can still. Um, Share your passion by sending those instructive articles and they will yeah. put up there. So, uh, and, and I think that that's basically how uh, we'll be managing. It's been mm-hmm. tough juggling this with nine to five. Um, early years was very difficult yeah. for me as a person. Um, spent little time with the family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when Hands I close on. work and I come home and then, you know, and then I start looking. You start your second job. <laughs> Oh, as we say, your side hustle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Side hustle kicks in, yeah. and then, and they keep grinding on and on yeah. and on and on. And 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 the funny thing was that those early years, it wasn't very much rewarding financially. Oh, sure, uh, yeah, sure. because. But it was impactful. Oh yes. Oh it yes. Was impactful, and yeah. I I wonder. I, I mean, one of the questions I was going to ask: Who are your customers? Because for people like. Me, I don't understand finance as well as you people who have a, a degree in finance or background yeah. in finance. And what I found with Naira Metrics is it's so simplified that I don't need to understand finance. You yeah. know, I can yeah. take um, nuggets from there and run with it. You know, yeah. it's 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 simple. It's yeah. clean. Yeah. Uh, so I wonder who 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 are your customers? I mean, um, do you have a particular uh, Demographics. Demographic. Mm. So, I mean, brilliant question. Mm. And when we started, one of the things that we said we're always going to do, mm. we're never going to be one case. We're never going to mm. be that like, worked. you don't have to read and start to have a headache. Mm-hmm. So you've got to, even the language and how we sort of style it mm. and how we write, it just had to be simple. Because mm. at the end of the day, um, everybody spends money and everybody yep. makes money, right? So how do you explain to- Everybody wants money. Yeah, and mm. people want to understand stuff. Mm. And and so um, the demographic is really, mm. you know- Cuts you know, across. Cuts across mm. completely. There's no no boundaries. So um, we, we actually think that if a teenager 
uh, doesn't understand what we write about, then we actually haven't done well. Oh, well. Yeah, so, and at the heart of what we do is financial literacy as well. So, so we have loads of financial literacy co content, thousands of articles, um, financial literacy con content. So if you're writing for people who are just getting into finance, then mm -hmm. your language just has to be very, very plain and simple. And so we invest a lot in, in um, you know, making sure that our analysts can can write like that. Uh, and so that's that's it. So demographic is just anyone old. Okay. Uh, I remember when I used to write for... Uh, punch newspapers okay. part of part of me trying to spread uh, metrics yeah. around then uh, um most of the emails we used to get were from pensioners it's just incredible oh, yeah interesting. yeah because i mean they were they had more time to mm. read mm. and they wanted a lot more information they were mm. i think <laughs> a lot worried about the economy and, and mm -hmm. things and their investments mm -hmm. So they're always writing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and so, you know, oh, I liked your article. You broke this down for me. Oh, Could wow. you explain this further and all that? So, wow. uh, so do you still maintain that paper-based? Uh, no, no, wondering no. now that you've moved into <laughs> the digital space, do you still have those pensioners? Yes, uh, yes, yes. Following you? <laughs> oh, yes. So... I mean, my father is a pensioner. He hardly read, does he still read newspapers? Yeah. No, he he. It's on his phone. Yeah, phone. yeah. So yeah. my mom is seventy-six as yeah. well, and and it's all yeah. on their phone. So yeah. so they're a lot more digital now. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you, you also, and I think we've always been digital first sure. uh, from time we, sure. from early on. We said we're never ever gonna go print. Never ever. We're always gonna mm. be digital, and mm. and so. Uh, it's now how you can give them the same information sure. and dig it away. And people sure. consume information these days, you know, different ways, either mm. listening or reading yeah. or viewing yeah. or streaming yeah. or something like yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank God for technology, should we say. <laughs> so um, on the back of what you've just said, I mean, anybody can go onto Nyrometrics right now and just consume info, consume data. And the last I checked, you're not a charity, right? Yes. <laughs> so I I wonder, how do you make money? How do you monetize this information? Do you, or it's just all Ugo charity and... <laughs> okay. Um, so, I mean, Diametrics is completely bootstrapped from, from okay. time. Um, uh, I, I could remember early on in our first... Um, first couple of years, uh, you know, there's this saying that if a business grows past five years, then at least it's past mm. a very critical mm -hmm. stage in life, in its in its business life. And there was temptation to seek external funding, mm. you know, like, you know, the way you just go and raise $250,000 or a $2 million valuation and everybody tells you, congrats, congrats, like, like you've actually made that money. <laughs> so uh, I kind of thought, you know, that was the way I wanted to go. Um, yeah. I wanted to build um, a business that was, you know, self-sufficient. Doesn't mean that I, you know, I won't consider outside fund at some point. But how we make money? Speaking directly to that question, um, number of ways: um, advertising, mostly mm -hmm. um, partnerships as well. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of media partnerships okay, with cool. with um, with with companies. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there who. Um, who think, who believe knowledge sharing is, you know, corporate mm. social responsibility as well. So, and so you can imagine, maybe PwC decides you want to be pushing out regular 
uh, knowledge-based, you know, content on select platforms. So there are companies like that mm-hmm. who use Narametrics as one of okay. those platforms. Okay. And so those, we have, you know, revenue partnerships with them. Okay. Um, these days, people hardly advertise, you know, newspapers yeah. as much as yeah. they do. So uh, there's a new form of advertising on digital platforms now sure. that that is called sponsored articles right. and that. So that's also a significant part of our revenue um, mm-hmm. stream um and then there are also events coverage mm-hmm. right so okay. that also helps as well okay. um you know with our revenue and then the areas that we haven't even started exploring yet mm-hmm. we haven't started exploring subscription um the companies who most media platforms do that now but we don't think nigerian market is ready yet for that yeah. um but that's you know another stream um there are also um you know other kind of offerings that you know with Toying with, mm-hmm. um, we want to disclose some the top secret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, honestly, but but for now, I think uh, we're very self-sufficient. Um, okay. I would say we're, we're profitable cool. um, from uh, at least the last three years. Okay. So yeah, it does make money. Dispel the myth that you're not a charity. So it's good. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have an NGO, though. Oh, uh, do? oh, yeah, yeah. So we have right. a foundation, Narametrics Foundation. Oh, okay. um, hasn't really started fully because. Um. Yeah, about something that we're looking to oh, cool. to go into next year, and that's gonna be focused more on financial inclusion and, and literacy. you know and, and, and literacy and, and all yeah. that. So Fantastic. that that will likely come up next year. Oh, great! Mm-hmm. Pleased to hear that. Pleased to hear that. I know that Nyametrics also has uh, maybe not as popular. Uh, sister company that is not as popular as Nyrometrics, Nyrolytics. Yeah. Nyrolytics, so you know about Nyrolytics. That. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like the flow. <laughs> uh, so what brought about Nyrolytics? Uh, I mean, are these two separate entities and uh, is one subscription based? I know you've talked about not going down the subscription um, mm-hmm. uh, model, but what was the thinking around Nyrolytics? Okay, so at the heart of Nyrolytics is data. Cool. Um, so yeah. we do a lot of data-driven uh, yeah. journalism. Yeah. Um, so there's hardly any Narometrics article that you read that you don't see some kind of data um, behind it. Mm. Trying to explain explain those numbers, and and that's because we think um, data-based content uh, is a lot more useful to people than opinion-based content. Yeah. So. If you're going to write an article about the exchange rates uh, and if you're going to put some context to it, you've got to be able to tell your reader, um, you know, what if you're, you're doing, you're trying to say what would happen to the exchange rate next year. Mm-hmm. You're not just going to say, oh, we think mm-hmm. it's going to depreciate. Or it's it has to be backed by some. Yeah. So are you saying, mm-hmm. yeah, are, you, are you saying that based on what? You know what happened in the past if it did happen in the past then show us uh so you got to reveal that so that's sort of like what we do and so that meant we had a lot of data and and so digging through nigerian data can be very very hey. tough you know people say we don't have data i think we have data but the problem with nigerian data is structure uh how that data is is sort of structured the consistency of the data and then, um, you know, to some extent as well, the integrity of the data. Mm. And and so the MBS, you know, thanks to the good job of um, Kale when he was there, 
Uh, and even the CBN, they do have a lot of data, Nigerian data, a whole lot. People don't even know. And so, but we noticed that to get that data was, you know, very rigorous, mm. right? And you really, you also need to understand how to download the mm. data and how to relate the data as well and storing the data. So, so it was just a lot of hassle. And, and then my partner and I said, look, you know, why don't we just build a platform that is just very easy for people to check data. Like mm-hmm. if you wanted to check Nigeria's inflation rate for the last 10 years, mm-hmm. uh, why do you have to go to MBS website, download it in Excel yeah. and then and start then, to plot your own graphs mm-hmm. and all of that? Or why do you have to go to maybe some foreign website yeah. who might not really have all yeah. that, all that data and, and nobody's going to build stuff for us in Nigeria. We got to do it ourselves. And so, mm-hmm. and then we started, you know, building Nyralytics and, 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 and it was, it wasn't just meant to be, you know, a website where you could just see inflation data. Part of what we're also trying to do is at some point, uh, you should be able to layer inflation data and GDP sure. and see if there's a correlation. correlation. And, and, yeah. and, and those, mm. So that's what we're trying to build. Never been done mm. um, in Nigeria mm. uh, at all. Um, we're still, we're still developing. So we haven't actually launched fully uh, but the site is live and um have number of test data that we'll put there already that people can check and it's like the uh, inflation data for example uh there's nowhere in nigeria where you see that level of intricacy so Mm. um inflation data alone i think we have probably 30 data points yeah month-to-month inflation year-year inflation inflation food price inflation consumer price inflation inflation for transport inflation different like state inflation different things just in one one window. So, uh, so that's Neuralytics. So it, it's a, sp- it's a sister, uh, it's owned by Neuralytics, mm-hmm. uh, for now. Uh, so it's a sister website, uh, to Neuralytics. And so, um, they do have relationships, um, in terms of, um, content as mm-hmm. well. Um, mm-hmm. so they sort of leverage on each other for content, but it's meant to be completely separate, separate. entity. Yeah. Uh, for possibly different audiences well. Yes, 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 yes. Organizations yes, who obviously want to manage their projections and, you know, strategy going forward. Um, strategy going forward, they would rely on these sort of information. Yes, so, yeah. yes, yes, very, very much so. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's what we also thought. We were like, you know, you gotta be able to have, people should be able to easily export, mm. you know, the data into PDF or even into PowerPoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have those sort of um, tools in there. Mm-hmm. So if, imagine if you're doing a presentation about inflation and you need, just pull, just pull it there and then, yeah. you know, paste it Slap to your PowerPoint it and your, do what you want to do. PBT. So no, makes yeah, sense. yeah, that's, makes sense. that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. yeah, It should actually be, I mean, the way we think about it, anyone should actually use it. I mean, you could be in a beer parlor and you're arguing about GDP and stuff and you're wondering, how is GDP? Ah, I just go to Google and search yeah. and then it just pops up. Yeah. It's, it's sort yeah. of that yeah. that level yeah. of um, information, information and, and nice usage. One. Nice yeah. one. Well done. Well done on that. That's, Thank you. that's great. And uh, you've talked about your various um, data points. And I'm glad to hear uh, your MBS, CBN. Uh, in our current environment, our beloved environment, you know, and you kind of touched on it. Um, how do you ensure that whatever data you're pulling, apart from those magic um, points, mm. uh, how do you ensure that the data is trustworthy, <laughs> it's reliable, <laughs> it's oh. credible, 
you know, yeah. uh, because there's so much out there. Oh truly, you God. know, Tr- I mean, it is uh, tough. Yeah. So, so let me give you an example of how, yeah. how, you know, difficult <laughs> for want the words, Nigerian data can be. Hi. So, um, let's, let me give you an example. Tax. Yeah. Okay. So if you go to MBS, they have breakdown of value added tax mm-hmm. by sector. Mm-hmm. And that data is important because you can, you know, do a reverse calculation uh, because VAT essentially is 7.5% of, of sales. Yeah. You can sort of do a reverse calculation. Mm-hmm. It gives you an, an idea of the size of, of an industry's revenue, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. assuming that, you know, it captures everyone who's paying tax there. So if you look at that breakdown and it, so you can look at the first three years mm-hmm. and it tells you, oh, there's a sector called banking and insurance mm-hmm. and banking and insurance this year, uh, 2019, it is 1 billion, 2020, it is 2 billion, 2023, it is 4 billion, mm-hmm. right? Then 2022, you won't see banking and insurance again. It's now called finance and finance sector. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so it becomes a problem having a series. Yes. And then when you come to 2022, right? Of course, they're like giving you historicals yeah. as well. You find out what they captured in 2019 wasn't the same thing that Computer. they captured a year ago when they had the same data. So yeah. we have those sort of problems. Yeah. So what we often do is we write them um, to clarify. Okay. Uh, a few times they, they do correct those things. Okay. Um, and then uh, we also, because some of the data secondary data it's yeah. not basically our data mm-hmm. uh we do have caveats as okay. well that we you know try to put in there um just to show the source oh yeah yeah okay. source of the data yeah. as yeah. well um mm-hmm. you could also have um you know spreadsheets um links to the, um, the actual the actual source, source yeah. itself yeah now but for our own data because we also keep maintaining our own data mm-hmm. for example uh it's not yet on analytics we have data of uh, I think 30 of the most capitalized stocks on the Nigerian stock exchange, oh. their financial statements uh, since 2016, uh, broken down into revenues, cost, and all that with ratios and, and a lot of stuff. Uh, you could find some of that data as well in maybe Financial Times or or some other, maybe Bloomberg, but not as detailed as, as what we have. Mm, mm. Uh, so for that sort of data, we have processes and, and guidelines uh, that spells out how the data is pulled and how it's entered and how it's reviewed. Uh, So for example, um, you can have maybe Access Bank um, financial statements for 2022 and then Access Bank can go and restate their 2021 financials, which is perfectly fine, right? So companies do restate sometimes. So you have to still go back to what you had before and and sort of fix that. So we have those sort of processes uh, in place that we use. Uh, I think there are sometimes here, yeah, uh, but I mean, sort of self-correct. Um, um, nothing major. Nothing major, really. Mm. Nothing major. Um, because the intention is not to misinform. I mean, data, if people rely on data to make decisions, then it's got to be 99%. As, as yeah, accurate yeah, as, as can possible. be. Yeah. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I know you've all... you kind of touched on your differentiator but i want you to spell it out a little bit more mm. um what is naira metrics differentiator and the reason why i'm asking this is um 
investors love Nigeria. Yeah, well, especially foreign I, I, investors. I would, I would think so. <laughs> love Nigeria. I wish we love ourselves as, as much as they as do. Much. Yeah, you're correct. <laughs> and um, somehow the investors are able to identify the rough diamonds, right? <laughs> or the diamonds in the rough. And um, recently, my favorite tennis star invested in a company that offers similar service oh yes yes nyrometrics trying to be coded (laughs) (laughs) um is nyrometrics open to similar investors Okay. Or is it a no thank you? <laughs> no, no, no. So, uh, I mean, like I mentioned, yeah, you know, at some point, uh, we're open to, to investments, um, mm. but we would not take outside money if uh, we don't think we need it. Uh, mm. There's got to be, uh, you know, value to be created from that money. Um, you know, we don't want to, you know, I think value destruction is something that we, we really hate. So, mm. Um, the number of projects that we're working on that could open the doors to external investments because mm. uh, um, the company Nairometrics Financial Advocates is not just about the Nairometrics website alone. So there are other um, spin-offs that are coming up. There's Nairalytics now. Um, there's um, a crowdfunding uh, application that we're working on. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, It's called... Um, uh, should, I, should I mention it now? Uh, <laughs> if you mention it, I'm going to ask you all questions. Ask you. Okay, so so that's coming up as well. So there are a number of things yeah. uh, that 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 we're that we're um, you know that we're working on that could open the doors for that. Now, um, what differentiates us from you know from from the guys? Because I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> since you didn't mention names, I won't mention either. Um, so so I think that they're they're very very good platform um i do read it as well um but they are mostly subscription based uh i think i I mean this is just my opinion they are styled more like um the economist okay right uh so but because they are not you know everyday you know news or analysis Uh, so ours is everyday Every news and yeah. analysis yeah. uh so and our demographic is a lot wider yeah. so we basically we cover crypto we cover tech we cover the economy mm-hmm. we cover financial literacy i mean just think about yeah. anything entirely so um so so that so so that's different so we're probably looking to be like if you ask me website that we want to be like at some point maybe financial times that's okay. that's what okay. that's where i think we want to okay. you know want to be like even though we're anyway, close at the moment so completely different uh, and so the business model is different as well oh, yeah so our business model at this point uh didn't require external funding mm-hmm. and that's why we didn't go that route mm-hmm. um because we didn't think that subscription a subscription based model was what we need you know yeah. we need a, at this point yeah, of our growth point. and i think that mm-hmm. we've sort of justified that uh mm-hmm. with with our numbers and mm-hmm. how sustainable we are sure. uh and how we're also growing um you know but if you were going you know the subscription model it takes 
incredible amount of time mm -hmm. and energy to build it out. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and I would think that you would require funding uh, so that you can, you know, Expand sus and sustain, and you know, sustain, the yeah. early years of maybe, you know, losses and, yeah. and all of that yeah. Yeah. Uh, invest a lot in 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 that technology so so that's why we didn't go that route so. uh but um it's also good to go that route as well um because i mean different sort of offering for uh, financial content is sure. important for an economy mm -hmm. uh, like i said i mean you have economists you have uh wall street journal you mm -hmm. have financial times mm -hmm. you even have business insider mm -hmm. you know and everybody's coexisting of course there's yep. cnbc yeah. And all of that. It's a big and, space. Yeah, it's a mm. big space. And mm. and and I think the more exposure we give to Nigeria from a media standpoint, I think the better for the economy. I agree. Uh, we have a lot of people outside Nigeria that has reached out to us um, just to get um, you know context around you know stories or happenings in the country. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a number of people who acquire big companies here mm -hmm. that you see in the news they reach out to us mm -hmm. you know behind mm -hmm. behind the scenes yeah, to just you know, discreetly just, yeah they're yeah. like oh you know you validate we, what they have exactly yeah. you know we, we saw what you wrote about this guy yeah. you know what what exactly is yeah. in there and, and things like that so yeah and, and and i think that's good for the country um and then of course they also see opportunities i mean mm. uh one of our our analysts was in um i think it was in paris a couple of days ago with with the founder of Binance and oh, wow. and he told him that he likes his job. He's right, he likes what he does. So they do read these things yeah. outside of this oh, country. So too. yeah, so um so the more the more of such platforms we have, I think the better for, for mm. the economy. Mm. Yeah. Nice, nice, well done. And uh we don't all have to follow the same path. Of course. You know, <laughs> that's why we're different. Um so speaking to your business model, would you say um if I was to name it, would you say um, you've um, latched onto the data to service uh, business model? And mm. by that, I mean, do you offer, I think you kind of touched on it a little bit, do you offer bespoke um, data services to, to clients? Yes. Individuals? Yes, know, yes. So, so we do that uh, currently. Um, I mean, well, it's a smaller part of our revenue stream. Mm. Um, and the reason why it's a smaller part is, uh, I think that we haven't been, and I guess the market as well, haven't been able to, you know, create the right um, business model or the monetization model for, mm. for such a service. Mm. So um, somebody comes to us and says, look, I, I'm trying to do a research uh, and I need data on X, Y, Z, and it's data that it's not readily available. So you have to go find that data mm -hmm. and you sort of cost it. Yeah. And then you invoice and, you know, it's difficult for them to pay uh, sure. because they really can't quantify the value mm -hmm. uh, against the cost. So yeah. that that's why that is a little slow. Okay. Uh, and so it's difficult keeping resource for that. So what mm -hmm. we often do is we have partner partner with some okay. Okay. with some other organizations who do something similar and uh, who do that you know every day and then you know provide that kind of data so so we do we do that at some level okay. uh, as well um but I, I think the model that would work and and we're we're seriously studying statista mm. um uh y charts and a lot of these other um companies abroad who 
offer data as a service sure. just to sort of get you know an idea of how how they do it so so i think it's somewhere between uh you know crowdfunding data and and also um doing your own you know research um not bespoke research mm-hmm. i think the more information you have uh without actually being commissioned to get that information mm-hmm. i think the better you are at giving people uh what they really need mm-hmm. uh, I, I think what would work is a a model where people can maybe subscribe to a platform and then that platform gives them access to a lot of data and Which then they, they can, they, they can mine, work, mine and all that purpose, and then if yeah. they now want something extra along the lines mm-hmm. of your existing data uh and then and then you know i, I think that now no, it's something that you can easily price and, and everybody understands that, that so that's sense. sort of like where i think this is going to go to okay. uh it's still very nascent uh, yeah. but uh i think you know nigeria needs it i mean you've got you've got white charts abroad you've got statista yeah. and yeah. so many of them out there and yeah. and that's what they do um yeah. we did partner statista at some point um because they didn't have a lot of Nigerian data and, and yeah, yeah and so we're giving them some of that okay. you know, some of that content do you still partner with statistics just yeah, yeah so okay. they they do still use some of our data okay. um you know on their site and because cool. yeah. it's important for those of us um in here to really understand the Nigerian context yes and uh reason I ask that is we also use statista and I find that a lot of things are so um when I say far they they are far fetched you know we want localized information to help us make those um, informed decisions. So we've talked about data and we talked about how big and, you know, how plenty. Uh, How do you manage? I mean, what sort of infrastructure do you use at Naira Metrics and Naira Latics now? Um, How do you also protect your your platform some cyber threats because i'm sure uh, you get hit like oh right in the center oh my and then because we've also talked about real time info or real time data how in this uh, beautiful environment 24/7 information what is powering it <laughs> what is powering it <laughs> hmm. so um Interesting. This time last year, mm. I think we we were in the middle of a massive cyber attack mm. at Metrics here. Uh, so what COVID did for us was a lot of growth. Uh, I think COVID year was probably in a year of rapid growth for us because uh, a lot of people were very financial conscious. Yes. Um, people had time, you know, to gobble up, you know, information. Yep. And so we had a lot of, you know, spikes, um, you know, in our, in our readership. And I, I think maybe that kind of attracted, um, you know, a lot of, um, naughty eyes, <laughs> people that you don't want to attract at all. And, yeah. and then we, well, a lot of, um, you know, we attacked severally last year, uh, and you know the way we're they, able to arrest the yeah we're able to address without, it but it causes a lot of damage yeah. um so i mean each attack we had basically impacted negatively on our traffic mm. and it was difficult to get mm. back to mm. the level that you were in uh because there's just a lot of information out there and so when, when people come and your site is down mm. you're probably not going to come mm. back again 
Uh, so we had we had a lot of challenges and it, it was very interesting to learn at that time because you know that's when i really started understanding uh the power of of you know online online platform mm-hmm. so having an online platform wasn't just about having www.whatever.com yeah. <laughs> and there was a lot to it mm. uh, behind the scenes uh and so retaining talent was also a problem and, mm-hmm. and it was expensive to have um people sort of manage that that side of mm-hmm. things for you uh i just wanted to be creating content i yeah. didn't want to bother myself about you know the but, other part of it yeah, yeah but it was important so yeah. how do you store your data mm-hmm. um how do you keep the site on mm-hmm. uh how do you also get you know analytics around mm-hmm. visits on your site mm-hmm. uh how do you ensure that you don't have you have proper firewalls yeah. uh and then how do you guide against one of the most common one and very difficult one to fight is DDoS. Mm. So DDoS attacks basically some guys out there would just flood your website yeah. with a lot of traffic. So yeah. think about everybody trying to get on the highway at yeah. the same time. It's just going to be a jam. And so they just jam your yeah. site and your yeah. site crashes. And, and so we, we had a lot of all those attacks. And then sometime late last year, uh, I think in December, we decided we're going to ramp have to outsource, mm. uh, ramp oh, okay. up and outsource. Yeah. Okay. And so uh, we currently use the highest tier of our content management system um um we use i think it's wordpress uh, but it's called wordpress vip that's like very high tier it's pretty expensive um but what that does for you is somebody else manages the entire security and database and functionality of your site so yeah. they can allow just so you, you can just focus on your core exactly mm. yeah. because we found out that's what the likes of cnn and sure. all of these guys do sure. Uh, and you don't want to build a team that's going to be doing that for you because yeah. that's just quite expensive. Yeah. So that's what we've done, and that's how we've been, we've been managing, okay. uh, you know, that. And and that's basically what we're replicating across our entire um, you know, platforms, including the new ones that are that are coming coming up, coming up as yeah. well. Um, yeah. Because if you don't have um, you know solid you know cyber um, security um, prevention tools, then you're always going to get attacked. It's like yeah. it's like having a an office office space and uh, office location, and with you don't no, have no with, security or no, no security. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, so cool. Um, so, would you say? I mean, you know, most organizations, what they're sold, um, have or are going through this whole digital transformation journey. I think for you guys, you guys have already been in the journey itself. Yeah. Has there been anything uh, that you've done differently after COVID? I mean, COVID was a rook shot for everyone. Yeah. But then COVID was also a blessing in disguise because it meant, you know what, you guys wake up and smell the coffee. You know, um, technology is abound, disruption is abound. How do you keep your uh, business resilient? Do you want to talk to us about maybe, I'm not sure if you were nice and strong during COVID. Yeah. <laughs> or, I mean, COVID was, yeah. our, like I said, COVID, I think, still remains one of our best years. And mm. and I think we were we were inadvertently prepared because it wasn't like we were prepared for COVID. But mm. uh, I think sometime in 2019, we started using a lot of virtual tools and we were doing a lot of hybrid kind of work okay uh in 2019 and uh, we started with, with tools like slack yeah and uh, uh and then we now moved to office because yeah. office office was cheaper mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and i mean it had different things Components in one bundle here yeah. so 
and then we move we move to teams and so we always use teams or using so today um most we're hardly in the office everybody yeah. basically works, works yeah. from home we only come to the office i think twice maybe a week that's yeah. when they come to the office just yeah to bond yeah. um so so you were ready we've always been ready yeah, yeah so yeah. we're ready uh, and so all we just did was just sort of ramp up yeah you know double down on yeah. on those tools sure. so we use a lot of those things sure. um so whether it's you know assigning tasks yeah um you know fixing meetings mm-hmm. um you know, sending in articles on time, mm-hmm. but every single thing mm-hmm. is, is is purely purely digital, and 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 I think that uh, that's basically where you know work is is headed. Yeah, uh, one way or the future other. Work. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. future of work. So, mm-hmm. and, and and I think part of our plans next year is to invest heavily in, in things like that. We're trying to see how uh, we can use um, you know things like you know AI to make our work workflow a lot better. better. Yeah. And even automate how content is written, right? Uh, I mean, for example, um, every second week in the month, or maybe you always have inflation numbers mm. pushed out. So, why does somebody have to sit down and write that? I mean, can't you have artificial intelligence sort of automate those sort of things for yeah. us, yeah. Um, so that our Create analysts can efficiency. focus more on yeah. explaining the news? Mm-hmm. So, those are sort of the things that we're probably going to be toying with. Uh, next year, we're also thinking of you know, how do we also start to put content in like the metaverse. I mean, like if you wear your VCR and you're in that metaverse, you also want to read news, but you want to read news, you don't know what's happening. Yeah, so we should be able to give you content Absolutely. along those lines yeah. as well. And Absolutely. and as you're maybe playing your game yeah. or you're doing whatever it is you're doing in your metaverse, something just flashes and says, oh, inflation rate is this or GDP is that. And like, you read and you click and you quickly just pop up and read it yeah. and then you go back to what you're doing. So those sort of things. Game me fine inflation rate, right? <laughs> but then, you know, truth be told, that's how it sticks. That's how the yeah. literacy improves. Yeah. You know, where you inject real stuff with you know with fun stuff. But yeah, yeah I like it. Quite cool. Quite, yeah. quite cool. Uh we're looking forward to you know what you guys are doing. Uh, people like us that I think on my way to work, quickly going onto Naira Metrics and just quickly scan what's happening, what's happening before we're engrossed in the day to day. Yeah. <laughs> so let's step it down. A bit, thank you, and uh, let me ask some hopefully fun questions. Hmm. <laughs> These are like our three compulsory questions okay. that we ask all our guests. The first one: predictions. Hmm. What was the last prediction you got wrong? Oh, <laughs> okay. So last prediction I got wrong. Um, so last year I, I I had ten ten predictions for the year. Uh, I think I I was seven or ten. But the one that I really got wrong that was surprised me last year was I thought the crypt- cryptocurrency bubble was going to bust last year. Oh really? Yes, I thought it was going to bust last year. Uh I wasn't expecting it this year at all. So, and then so it's sort of like, cautious? it's sort of like just went to the moon, like they say, and I'm like, how did I get it wrong? You know? Uh, so I, 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 I don't know. I, I, I think I, I wasn't expecting 
uh, a lot of the stimulus that happened last year to still channel its way to to cryptos. Are, uh, I was surprised, uh, and so this year when it did, when the bubble did burst, um, it, it was also it was also surprising. I also I also did not expect, um, you know, the level of of um, interest rate hike interest rate hike mm. that that we're seeing i didn't mm. think that i did expect inflation to come mm-hmm. up but i didn't think it was going to be doing so so, so i mean to, to answer your question directly i think it was it was not predicting uh the cryptocurrency bubble accurately mm. I, I did think it was going to happen uh, sooner. sooner yeah uh yeah i think aside that uh, it's, it's pretty fine. Uh, yeah, cool. Even the position of the naira, <laughs> I think I was I was accurate on that as well. well yeah, yeah, one thousand naira I, I, to a dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? We're not there yet, but I I, yeah. I think that. Um, I mean, you asked me to predict that. I think that's likely going to happen in, in in December uh, or early next year um, if conditions remain the same. And uh, I can always back that up with data. <laughs> <laughs> At this point, I say, in God we trust. <laughs> Everybody else pay cash. Yes. Um, so my quest, second question will be, what is one view you seem to find very few people agree with? Hmm. One view that I seem to find. Let's see. Uh, what could that be? Well... So one area that I I tend to disagree with a lot of my contemporaries. Um, when I say contemporaries, I mean people who uh, I often discuss Nigerian economy with. Mm. Is uh, so I I I I think that a full fledged floating of the naira um, might not be. A solution to our exchange crisis. Uh, I think a lot of people believe that um, you got to float the naira for the currency to be stable. I'm sorry, I'm going this this direction, no, no, but please. but that's that's mm. the, what I could think about now. Mm. So so we do have heated arguments around around that, and and I think my opinion is that uh, there's got to be. A middle ground mm. um you know where the market to a to large extent determines the rates yeah um but it, it can be allowed to to float and mm. an interesting thing is that ghana just proved me right mm. yeah because um ghana had a full float a couple of years ago a few years ago and it was very widely celebrated and you know See, Ghana is doing it, Nigeria is not doing that, and blah, blah, blah. And it's one of the worst currencies in the world today, um, just like Nigeria is. And and the reason is, floating a currency is just a mechanism. Mm. It's not a solution. Mm. Uh, it's just a, a policy mm. mechanism, you know, just a pricing mechanism. Uh, getting a stable rate, which is actually what everybody wants, requires a number of things. Um, you've got to be able to have good exports. Yeah. Um, and when I, I I use that word good exports because exports not just oil related yeah. exports exports different things um, brain exports, uh, brain exports particularly mm-hmm. that can that can attract dollars and, mm-hmm. and all of that so you gotta have that mm-hmm. uh, you can have less imports as well um, um, especially for things that 
you know, perhaps you should be able to do. Um, and then, you know, you've got to also have um, a, a very, a very buoyant, productive sector um, in the economy. And I think that should really be the aim uh, rather than, you floating. know, thinking that it's just floating and that's going to be the aim. Uh, if you don't have any of those things, then you'd always be very vulnerable as an economy. And the reason why most Eastern European countries are, are less vulnerable or to to you know to dollar crisis is because um, most of these countries are consumption based mm -hmm. economies, and mm -hmm. and so you can't do enough to import to import to import FX. So so that's been one very um, area where I, I tend to disagree a lot with with a lot of my contemporaries. Mm. At least that one I can remember. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Should I ask a question around the change of Naira, is this the right time? Uh, in your opinion, hmm. I, I don't think. I think the timing is not the problem. I think the problem with the the change of the naira is the drama around it, and how and the reason behind it. Uh, and, and that's always been a lot of the issues I've, I've had with this current mm -hmm. CBN. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, to be fair, like other CBNs, this, this is one CBN that has actually experimented a lot. Yeah. You know, they've tried a lot of things. Yeah. Um, maybe they call it heterodox policies, but mostly homegrown things just to solve problems. But it's always been the method yeah. of madness. And, yeah. and so, for example, uh, you want to change a currency. That's fine. Um, why does it have to be January 31st? Yeah. Why do you have to say that and you're you targeting- a short window as well. Yeah, it's short, very short window. Mm -hmm. And why are you saying you're targeting corruption, election, and all that? Like, so you, you sort of, scare, you know, it's just a lot of scaremongering. And yeah. then people then start to react and yeah. that sort of causes the ripple effect Absolutely. that you now start to, create for everyone yeah and uh, even for themselves because yeah. at the end of the day yeah i mean the job of a cbn is price stability and then you yeah. can't just you know with prices that all the policies that you're you are putting in place to sort of keep prices stable mm -hmm. just you know out of the window yeah. just because of how you're able to present it. so so the timing is not the problem mm -hmm. uh, the policy is not a problem it's just how is the reason behind it all you have to come out and say is that look um you know we got to change exchange rates uh sorry the, the currency yeah. uh sometime in december i probably should have announced this three months Wait. ago instead of all these clandestine Before. moves and say people have a year to change it because give people enough time yeah. uh to sort of you know do that uh, and not say that you're trying it's an effort at trying to um you know attack corruption yeah. so, so so let me give you another context you have about 2.3 trillion out there uh, that is not in banks mm -hmm. and it's not with the cbn it's just you know in circulation people's homes what's the point trying to uh you know delegitimize that money yeah don't you think that money is useful mm -hmm. in the economy mm -hmm. uh if i had 200 millionaire in, in a well somewhere in my house and i had a year um to you know maybe dispose of that money 
I, I, I would probably use it to go buy. You spend the money. Spend the money now, mm. and, and that's what the economy yeah. needs, and not get me to go and buy dollars yeah. with the money and still do the same thing yeah. that you didn't want me to do. So, so I, I think that's just my own. The my own take on it. Yeah, the rationale around wrong. it is just yeah. is just completely off. I'll reserve my comments. Probably talk to you about my comments offline. <laughs> Okay, so my last question is a mystery question from our previous guest, Mr. Owana Esang, the CEO of Primera F- FMB. Okay. And he says, he, does, he had no clue who was coming in. So he, his question is, if you could go back 10 years and change something about yourself, what would it be? Hmm. <laughs> if I could go back 10 years, that would be 2011, 11, right? 12. Um, ah, you know me, I like to speak about the economy a lot. Yeah. That's really my own. <laughs> That's my fourth day because, uh, I mean, you got to move on in life, man. There are things that, that happens and they all happen for a reason. Uh, but if I, if I was to go back and change something, it was how much I was against removal of fuel subsidy back then. Oh my God. When I look back to that time, I just feel ashamed of myself. It was some of the things I wrote, articles I wrote back then, and all the going that to the streets. Pull out uh, demonstrating. And because then, Okonjo, Riala, and Sanusi were explaining to us, take it off. Oh, you know, and we're just so. I think if I could go back, that, that's probably what I would, I would I'll change. Um, um, the protest. Yeah, yeah. It's sort of protest. I think that. We probably should have um, uh, listened to the government. And I think people should listen to the government a lot more than criticize. Um, Mm. It's good to criticize, to be honest, Mm. but I think you have to be able to discern. So that is why today, when we even like our approach to content and diametrics, Mm. remember I mentioned earlier, it's got to be data driven. Mm -hmm. So try as much as possible to take you know, your personal convictions or your opinions out of things mm-hmm. and just allow data mm-hmm. explain it for you. So even if you're criticizing, it's a lot more constructive. Yeah. And I think at, at that time, a lot of people did not bother about data. One, because data wasn't actually there. Yeah. There was a lot of peak there and people didn't really understand how much we were spending on yeah. on false subsidy and yeah. importation at that time. Yeah. And people didn't also trust some of the data that the CBN was pushing out at that time as well, because that's, I think, maybe the early years of Sanusi or something. So, uh, but I think if what now people are a lot more informed. Yeah. So people can, that's why the rationale is different now. Yeah. So people understand why you should take it off yeah. because people now have, you know, have the data. So, um, so for me, I think that's something that I would change uh, 10 years ago. Because 10 years, aside from that, 10 years ago, I was, I was living my life, I was enjoying life. <laughs> And you're still enjoying life, so which is good. Yes. <laughs> which is good. But I mean, thankful we have um, sites like Narometrics to help us in this whole data uh, dissemination. And also, even you, you, you mentioned the word, the key word is actual to discern. How do we take ourselves out of? Out of what is being said. Yes. But then can the it crowd. be that what is being said is said in a way that would just doesn't make sense and would annoy us or there is like some hidden truth behind it that hasn't come out. I don't know. That's a topic for another day. Yeah. Uh, so the said disruption is interrelated and would ask in the same way we asked the last guest, what is one perspective you'd like to get from our next interviewer? We have no clue who this person is. Okay. So I think, um, 
I, and I hope I get to listen or hear get that I person's sure response. I to you. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think for me uh, is what is the person's immediate solution to um, the challenge of jackpot. Uh, as much as it's also good, because I think I do believe in brain exports. I think um, uh, there's a project I was working on with uh, Andrew Nevin uh, oh, as well on okay. it. Yeah, and we both fully, have you fully, read the fully recent? Agree on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I did read it. I did read it. Uh, he, he shared it with me as well. Uh, I do believe in that a lot. Um, but however, there's got to be a balance, right? Um, because so the more brain you export what are you what's going to remain for you know development nationally right uh, and so my my question is how do you how do you sort of balance those things out and how, how do you manage that mm. um I, I think it's a conundrum that a lot of people mm. can resolve I, I was with i was privileged to be in a session with um hr executives of 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 some you know um multinationals and blue chip nigerian mm-hmm. nigerian companies um i think it was organized by a bank some months ago and they had me come speak about the economy and, okay. and stuff and and they are and at the end of my my talk they now went right, right into the debate and the debate was how do they retain talent like they do understand jack is important but mm-hmm. look we've got a business to run mm-hmm. you know so how do we retain talent how mm-hmm. do we balance that out mm-hmm. uh how do you allow someone you know go abroad better their life and still come back come back or even still or work with you yeah. while while yeah. over there and, and all those kind of things yeah. so it's a conundrum that i i would like to hear yeah someone's view yeah, no it's an interesting um, perspective actually you know i i if, if i think um the the Science behind the brain export, and Andrew Nevin will probably be the best person to explain this. Is how can you, how can we retain the talent here? Um, so not everyone wants to go into an office, fair enough. Not sure. everyone wants to work for an organization, but everyone wants great standard of living, right? Um, so how can we ensure that whoever is here, the developer, the content creator, can earn a decent wage can without leaving the country. So in this case, when we talk about decent wage, or can earn FX, let me yes. call it what it is. Yes, yes, yeah? yes, yes. And still remain here. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's one of the steps to retaining, or maybe your question to the Japa syndrome, because mm-hmm. truth be told, we're all looking for a better life yes really, you know? yeah and, and that's the thing so it's also beyond beyond earning yeah. um so people also want you know better life nobody yeah. wants to bother about using generators yeah. or or by you know going to go and buy fuel yeah. or you know yeah. insecurity as much as you also have insecurity abroad as of well course. probably even more than of you course. have here of course but there are just some things people don't want to deal with yeah, uh, I think the people, basic stuff yeah the basic people also yeah. get irritated by yeah. our politicians that's enough anger and also we'll get there have you got your PVC? Oh, yes, okay, yes, cool. yes, yes. All right, just want to check that. Thank <laughs> you, Ugo. It's been a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure having you here, listening to you. I'm, I think I'm more, uh, what's the word? Financial savvy. Just by the- <laughs>
I mean, come on, so financial savvy, just by listening to you. Um, but thank you so much for your time. Keep doing what you're doing, looking thank out you. for the NGO. Yes, um, I yes, think that's yes. important. Yeah. Uh, I think that we all need to um, be part of this change. Yes. You know, yep. and being part yep. of this change is being... Uh, being literate in if it's tech if it's finance if it's whatever we find ourselves in so thank you for the great work you're doing and keep doing good stuff at Narometric thank and you for, for having me as well and I think I must close with you know um, expressing how um, you know amazed I am with, with your office uh, thank uh, you so you're listening you should come check the experience center I think it's an amazing place uh, PwC has built here and, and I hope that you know uh, you can have a lot more people you know come and you know learn and be part of it it's really great thank you for having me thank you for the plug too <laughs> <laughs> thank you